In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. I am your host, Trevor Williams, and today on the show, we are going to talk more about what companies are doing to reduce food waste. So you might remember our episode a couple of weeks ago um, with Jessica Vieira from a company called Appeal and how they are trying to help reduce food, uh, food waste. Well, today we are chatting with a company that has actually worked with Appeal. We are chatting with the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Wasteless, his name is David Cat. So Wasteless is all about trying to find technology or rather develop technology that helps grocery stores, supermarkets reduce um, their food waste and reduce their perishable products. And what we mean, and David will talk kind of all about this in the episode, basically they're trying to figure out technology to where if produce is going to go bad um, by a certain date that's getting closer, that produce is gonna be marked down so that the customer is more likely to buy it. So the customer gets cheaper food, just as good as um, food that might have an expiration date a couple weeks away. It's just as good, but it's getting closer to its date and companies aren't having to throw away perishable food. Now he brought up a lot of really key facts during our interview, which some I just thought were absolutely crazy. He was saying that roughly a third of all food produced for human consumption goes to waste. And that waste, it's not just by the consumer, of course, whenever you take it home. It's not just by the farmer. It's not just by the stores. It's by every step on the whole food supply chain. It starts with production, then storage, processing, distribution, consumption, and every little step in between. He even talked about he met somebody that was talking about the food supply chain and how it's not really a system because a system is supposed to be efficient. And this isn't efficient. It's a farce. That's what the person said. And I thought that was a very interesting take because, I mean, that's true. Like 33% of all food we produce right now goes to waste. 
And so there's a lot that can be done. And Wasteless seems to be doing one of those things by helping supermarkets and grocery stores and all that figure out ways on how we can reduce food waste. And so David, he said he was based out of Amsterdam and he knows his market because whenever I first started talking to him in the episode about um, about supermarkets, he mentioned Publix. And yep, if you're down here in the South, you know exactly what Publix is. It's, you know, we're shopping as a pleasure. <laughs> and it's, I mean, one of our favorite grocery store chains. You go there for a pub sub, go there for literally whatever you might want. And so David definitely knows his market. He definitely has done his research and he has a lot of great points on what we can do, what consumers can do, what the whole food supply chain and everybody along those steps can do to reduce our our environmental footprint. Because, I mean, our our carbon footprint, um, climate change, global warming, you know, it's still in the back of everybody's mind. I mean, I feel like it's gained popularity over over the last couple of years. So as we're trying to reduce our impact on the environment, as we're trying to reduce um, all the resources we do, especially in agriculture, we're trying to be more efficient. I think this is a great conversation, and I think you'll learn a lot from it. I sure did. If you want to check out Wasteless, you can just go to wasteless.com. They have a lot of really great content there um, about what they're doing, how they're working with supermarkets, and what the future of it is going to be. So I hope you enjoy it. This is episode 111, good old episode 111 with David Cat from Wasteless. So hope you enjoy and thanks so much for listening. All right. Well, David Cat from Wasteless, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Trevor. Great to be uh, on the show. I'm very curious to learn about you guys and Wasteless and how you guys are trying to help reduce um, food waste. But before we kind of dive into that, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got started working with Wasteless. Yeah, so um, I've actually been working with uh, startups for the, probably all of this century. Uh, I come from a media background, like yourself, maybe even. Uh, and then I, I actually discovered that there's this thing called Internet in 94. And I helped uh, a very big business publication group to, uh, to actually uh, get online uh, i've been experiencing some really like fun times and good successes bringing existing companies uh, onto the dig- into the digital age and uh, and one of the companies i worked with had a, a guy uh, called odette i did uh, we did some uh, great stuff at uh, schiphol airport here in, uh, in amsterdam and then he launched this uh, company called weisberger which is a data for food company, uh, understanding how the beer flows in, uh, through the taps in bars and restaurants. And uh, when he sold that company to AB InBev, the, the brewer, he uh, went back to the drawing board and thought of like, uh, you know, he said, well, we know how to, uh, how to use data for food and make a brewer richer. Now let's see if we can uh, use that data in the food system to uh, repair the food system. That's when, uh, when he, uh, approached me and uh, we've been at it uh, ever since. This is like um, three and a half years ago. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So I can imagine like going, we've had a few people that have started um, a bunch of startups and I know it's an ongoing process. I mean, it's not a 40 hour work week. It's a lot of hard work. So, I mean, what are some of the biggest challenges you guys face when you are trying to build it? It's there's challenges in a lot of different phases. Um, The first one is actually getting the idea right. And then probably the second phase is uh, 
to understand that your idea that you may actually not be right and uh, be able to uh, to adapt it to pivot to uh, to be critical of what you've uh, what you've actually achieved and then at a further stage we actually had our first customer and then we had to basically also agree that the way we were working with them and the way they were working wasn't uh, wasn't going to scale so uh, so there's different things at different phases and actually where we are now is we um, about a year ago, the summer of uh, 2020, we signed a very big uh, German wholesale company called Metro. They're active in uh, 30 countries. And uh, we were integrating with them. And we had, a, we had a very clear vision of how we wanted technology to improve the food system. And we actually managed the integration and it's, it's up and running. But we also discovered that we... Um, uh, that we had to revisit our technology and make it a lot simpler uh, to really uh, uh, to make it uh, to make it uh, work not just for the gigantic uh, retailers but also for uh, for smaller chains. So uh, it's a continuous learning process. That's uh, that's basically uh, the gist of it. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and, and it, it sounds like. Um... So the the stuff I've either, or the stuff I've looked up for Wasteless, it, there seems like there's been a lot of really good feedback about what your company is trying to do, and all that good stuff. So what's the whole what's the whole idea behind Wasteless? Well, the idea is the main concept is very simple. It's if you go uh, you're uh, you're Florida, so uh, imagine you're going to your uh, local Publix uh, tonight, and uh, you know you've had a you've had a big day uh, uh, on the podcast, so you don't feel like cooking. So you want to pick up a healthy, say, a salad. And you are then, you are then, you're then, you, then you're given the choice of either buying an item that expires in two days or buying the same salad that expires in seven days. You're thinking like, which one will I pick? But you're going to eat it tonight anyway. So our main premise is that for food that's expiring faster, that you're going to eat faster anyway, that we're going to incentivize you to buy that at a lower price. So we help retailers mark down fresh food that's just as healthy, just as good, and incentivize you to pick up the uh, the, the item with a shorter shelf life. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And man, kudos on you for knowing Publix. I mean, <laughs> you're halfway around the world and you know exactly where I shop at. We love Publix. We're like two, I think we're like a mile away from one. So we go there all the time. Yeah, well, it's 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 uh, it's one thing to actually to to know the market. It's even more important to understand who the public's customers are, because obviously, in the end, what you want to do is you want to delight the the shoppers. So I want to give you this little endorphin rush when you go to your Publix and you go like, "Hey, I'm picking up a really good deal, and I'm saving a uh, dollar or two dollars as well." Uh, but I'm also saving the planet, and actually having that uh, that uh, triple whammy—that's uh, that's really what uh, what's what's going to make uh, software uh, or solutions in general work. Um, so so, and the reason we're doing it is because, uh, well, you know, you've probably mentioned it on your show already, but uh, one third of all the food produced in the world is never consumed. So one third of all the blood, sweat, and tears that uh, that have gone into this process of uh, growing uh, an animal or, or or harvesting a field is for naught. And the re and one of the reasons that we discovered in grocery retail 
is that there's all these items with different vintages, different expiration dates competing for your, for your dollar. And it, uh, it, it's, you know, if, if, if give, given the, if there's no choice, if you're not rewarded, you're going to reach to the back of the shelf. So we're going to make it, we're going to give you the option to pay less for something that's just as fresh that you're going to eat tonight, or, you know, get some longer uh, shelf life and uh, stick it in the fridge for another couple of days. Hey, well, there you go. So how does that whole price thing work? Um, if something is like, say, maybe five days out from being expired, does it go down a couple of cents or something? Or does it get marked down several times up until like the day before it, it expires? So we are trying to, do, to, to find a balance in retail. And retail, mm. retail is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very delicate game of stocking enough uh, so you don't get out of stock. And not stocking mm -hmm. too much, you don't get overstocked because uh, if you don't play that game right, the margins are razor thin in, in retail. So uh, if you don't if you don't get your 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 ducks in line, you're going to be losing a lot of money. So what we what we found is we need to understand not just the stock, not just the, the like the, the the on shelf inventory, but we need a the dimension time because in food. The expiration date is just very, very critical, very important. So we add uh, a layer, and we, we have various ways of doing that. Um, and I'll, I'll get back. To, I'll get to that in a moment, probably. But, but then we know the, the inventory, and we know how it's made up uh, chronologically over time. And then we calculate, or the, the artificial intelligence calculates the risk of a certain vintage expiring on the shelf and depending on how big that risk is we mark it down slightly from the top so we mark down as little as we can because you do want to give a fair price to the consumer but also a profit to uh, to your publics or your uh, your retailer and that's how it works okay that makes much more sense um and so here's a quick question I just thought of. What's the difference between an expiration date and a best used by date? Because I know that confuses a lot of people. I mean, obviously, if you've got a thing of milk and it expires on Wednesday, you want to drink it before Wednesday because then it's going to start to smell bad. But there are other foods that are they seem to be more stable after their best used by date. So what's the what's the difference there? So the best used by date is a um, is an advice. So, you know, you have, to be, you have to be smart about it because you don't know if the cold chain has been pre preserved and if it, it, maybe it's set in the back of your, of your pickup for too long before you, uh, you, uh, you got home and, and put it in the fridge. So the best sell-by date is a, an advice. You always have to look, smell, and maybe taste a little bit before you decide if the milk is, is good or not. Mm -hmm. The the um, but but the expiration date is actually for food that's actually dangerous if you if you eat it uh, uh, past that date, uh, and because of that expiration date, there's the sell date, and the sell date uh, enables the retailer to sell it and then have you uh, give you a couple of days at home to consume it. So that's so it's uh, and and it it is confusing, 
And that's why in the, there's some uh, legislation in the Senate, if I'm not mistaken, to actually uh, make that uniform. Because if you're in the, in the, in the tri-state area, you might have a different um, uh, date labeling in one store or in the other, depending if you cross state lines or not. And in the US, they're trying to, uh, to actually put an end to that. Uh, and, um, and the best use by is, is, is probably best because it is the date that you need to adhere to at home. And then the retailer needs to understand when you need to sell a product to give you sufficient time uh, at home to uh, to uh, you know to spend a couple of days in the fridge before you uh, before you actually eat this uh, healthy uh, tasty food. Right. Yeah. It does get really confusing because I know even on medicine there's like a best use date, and then but people say oh once it's past its use date it's good, but then you still have people that say once it's past that date it's only half as good or something like that. So I mean the date thing does get very confusing and especially with food. Um, so you brought up a good point earlier. You said, and I saw this on on you guys's way, your your website that roughly a third of all food produced for human consumption goes to waste, but that's not just like at the store or on the farm, correct? That's all. That's all stages of the food processing it's, or the food production line. Correct, correct. It's it's farm to fork. So mm. food starts at the at the seed or at or, or you know at, at its earliest infancy. Uh, and it uh, hopefully it then ends up uh, being consumed uh, by 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 human being, but uh, but uh, far too often somewhere it falls between the cracks, ends up in landfill or is incinerated or is turned into biogas or just ends up in your uh, in your garbage in your trash can. Um, so and because the food system is so long and there's so many little uh, different stages that there's a lot of cracks for food to fall between. And, uh, and, th and this is the reason why, why so much food gets wasted. I mean, if you, if you would go into a car factory of uh, GM and you would see uh, one third of all the engines just lying on the shop floor, uh, it would, I mean, you can't imagine that. And uh, any manager, even any employee that, uh, that does that to the, to the GM engines, uh, won't have a long and uh, fruitful career. In the food system, it's different because no one is responsible for the entire chain, and uh, and actually there's there's a lot of incentives for people to sell too much to to their customer, uh, to actually overdimension, knowing that that's in the in their in, in the interest of their of their sales, uh, and this is happening from stage to stage to stage, to the effect that actually 11% um, uh, of all greenhouse gas emissions are caused by foods that's never consumed, by wasted oh, wow. food. Yeah, so, so that 11%, you know, it's, it's more than the, than the airline industry. Uh, you know, it's, it's more than, uh, than, than trucks around the world. And, uh, and no one is, there's not a single person or a single company responsible for it. And that's why we are so much in need of more intelligence, more data in the food system for you as a uh, uh, producer to understand what's happening with your food in retail and for a consumer to understand where that has come from. So we need to get together and, uh, and there's no time to waste really for that, uh, Trevor. 
Yeah, that's a huge point that you brought up, that it's not any one person's fault. I mean, it's as much the consumer's fault as as it is the farmer or whoever's running the storage facility or the processors. I mean, we're losing food at every step of the food supply chain. And I mean, I think what you guys are doing is great because it's trying to get everybody on the same page because consumers like... I can't tell you how much food I throw away because it's past the expiration date in our fridge. And I'm sure that goes for millions of people across the, the, the world. And so that's a very good point that you brought up. Yes, uh, I think so. And it's, it's you know, um, being able to deal with that uh, at, at, from a consumer perspective starts at awareness. And then you want to make that awareness uh, actionable. But uh, just in the U.S., there's 26 million people that don't get the right nutrients, they don't have enough to eat. And by uh, preventing food waste uh, or by pricing products uh, lower, you can make it actually, you can actually bring that healthy food within the budget of people that, uh, that at present uh, just uh, can't afford the high quality uh, calories because they need to get their nutrients from, uh, from highly processed food. Uh, and that's that's really uh, this this is ingrained in the in the in the inefficiencies of the of the food system. Um, we had uh, you know you know the company called uh, Unilever, one of the biggest um, uh, food and uh, food companies in the world. And their mm-hmm. the previous CEO he once uh, headlined one of our events, and he started off by saying the food system is broken, a system you know that's uh that's set up to waste one third of what it produces that's not a system it's a farce and mm. and it it is it is causing a lot of hunger it is causing malnutrition uh it's uh the the effects are uh, are far beyond just uh, you having to throw uh, to bring your uh, your garbage to the uh to the to the garbage truck it's uh it's it uh, it has its effects all along the uh the food system yeah, I mean, totally agree. So are you guys also, is there any plans whenever you're working with these retailers, um, are there any plans to have like little, I don't know, banners or little kiosks to kind of show people, hey, here's what you can do to reduce food waste. Like, are, is there anything you're trying to do to kind of reach out directly to consumers? Because you guys are doing the whole um, distribution and working with the retailers. So are you guys trying to focus on the consumer at all? Yes. So in retailers where we're uh, where we're active, um, we 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 have a store in uh, in uh, in Manhattan, and we we're uh, we're actually uh, going to be working in a couple more stores in the U.S. over this year. Um, but a really great example is what we did in Milan in uh, in Italy. Uh, the retailer actually is responsible for how it markets to its customers, but together. We had this whole uh, this whole storyline. So you enter the store, it explains the concept. You get to the shelf. There's floor stickers. There was uh, um, uh, posters and all these devices uh, around the uh, around the fridge. Um, that is that is key. Where we would like to go is to really enable a retailer to engage in the conversation with customers with consumers around food because obviously you know you uh, and I were uh, or at least I maybe maybe you farm a little bit but I'm, I'm I live in the city I'm pretty detached from my food sources 
And uh, although I know a little bit about food, I buy my food in the supermarket. So it's great for the supermarket, for the grocer to, to be engaging with me in a conversation, telling me where the food come, came from, telling me how I can eat well, both for my health, for my kids, for the planet. And, uh, and we're actually bringing the business model for that. So we are actually making, the, making a lot more profitable to sell food that's already on the shelf uh, rather than waste it. And, uh, and this opens a lot of opportunities to, uh, to improve the food system also at home. And it's, I think it's a conversation that uh, retailers need to have. Um, supermarket is really where the farm meets the fork. So if you're looking at, uh, at the US, there's, uh, I think, like 100,000 uh, uh, supermarkets that are selling the food of uh, tens of millions of growers to uh, hundreds of millions of consumers. So actually, you know, it's, 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 a, bit of a, it's a bit of a funnel and, uh, or, or, or an hourglass, rather. So retail in just 100,000 locations they have an opportunity to reach hundreds of millions of consumers and, and help you uh, consume more responsibly, uh, more responsibly um, health more healthy, uh, as well as uh, spend your budget in a better way. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so what's the feedback been from these ret- retailers that are going to use your, your software? That uh, What's the feedback been like? Well, uh, retailers have loved it. And that's because we help a retailer sell food that's already on their shelves. And we help them mark down optimally so they don't lose money marking down indiscriminately. And we help them by actually selling the food rather than wasting it. We have been showing 25% margin increases. Uh, which is which is massive in uh, in retail, of course. We've been able on certain categories to actually increase sales by significantly, uh, and that's because we are keeping such a close tab on how the product is going that we were able to prevent out of stock uh, and and really help them with uh, with replenishment, optimizing the shelf. Um, but the most important thing is that uh, we delight our customers. So uh, 70, 80% of customers like what, what the retailer is offering them. They understand it. And if there's two expiration dates uh, on the shelf with two different prices, in 41% of cases, people actually pick up the shorter expiration date, meaning they, they really make a conscious decision to save a little bit of money for food they're going to eat a little bit faster. To just give you a little bit of perspective, um, in U.S. grocery retail, and this is data from uh, REFAT, the U.S. uh, multi-stakeholder food waste prevention uh, organization, uh, data that they um, uh, wrote together with Deloitte. In the U.S., the food waste in grocery retail, the cost price of that food that is wasted is $18.2 billion per year. Oh, wow. And then 
if you then actually look at how profitable is this grocery retail section, then their combined profits are just 9 billion. So in the cost price of food that is wasted in your Publix, in your Kroger, your Walmart, your Albertsons, the, their food waste costs them twice their EBIT, quite twice their profits. And this is incredibly bad for these companies, for their shareholders, but it's also um, really bad for customers because you're actually paying for that excess food that they are not able to sell because they don't have their, uh, their business in order. Oh, wow. I did not think about that. So because they're wasting so much food, just because, I mean, that's the way things are, they're marking up food anyway. And so consumers are already having to pay that difference. Is that right? You are paying for food waste because mm. you are paying uh, one way or another because it's, it's factored in. And it's, it's, in the end, it's the customer that pays for that one third of food that's being wasted. Uh, so your grocery bill could be lower. You could be, uh, you could be eating better food uh, with, at a lower budget. Um, yes, indeed, that's, uh, that's the opportunity that preventing food waste actually offers you. So what do you know what percentage of these big um, markets like a Walmart or a Publix, um, how much of their food that's getting close to getting expired are they donating? Because I've heard that's a not a huge um, part of their business, but a little bit where they're don donating it to like food pantries or something like that. Like how much are they actually donating when they can instead of just throwing it out? Yeah, yeah. so food donation is really is really good and it's really necessary. Um, however, a retailer is only donating food that he wants to, not the food that, uh, that the charities are actually looking for. So a, um, um, a retailer wastes between 2% up to 4%, sometimes even more, of all fresh food. And a very small share of that makes it to the food bank or to, to being donated, much larger part actually ends up in landfill. Uh, the really good thing of what we're doing is we are making the retailer understand when a food item uh, is likely to expire on the shelf. We're trying to mark it down and, and get it sold, but you know, invariably, uh, there will be items that, that we're not able to sell just because there's no demand for it. Uh, but then you're actually able to predict and you're able to get much better food to the food bank at a much earlier stage. So um, another perspective, another way of looking at it is the is called the food recovery hierarchy. It's something that uh, the EPA actually subscribes to. And it's it's a way of how to deal with food. and the best way, obviously, is to sell it. If you can't sell it, uh, or if, if you can't sell it normally, try to prevent food waste, which is what we're doing. If you can't prevent it, then you want to donate it, you want to redistribute it. Uh, the priorities are very clear, and you should start by trying to prevent food waste from happening in the first place. Also, because only if you try preventing it, do you understand where the inefficiencies are and are and only then you're able to actually fine tune 
the supply chain and not make the same mistake day in, day out. And that's a, perpetuating the problem is actually uh, what um, the subsidies for donations do incentivize. And we don't think that it, it's, uh, it's smart to uh, subsidize uh, lazy behavior, uh, unthoughtful behavior. We should start to, uh, you know, to, uh, to improve. And donations will always be a part of, of the equation, but uh, they, they should never be uh, the, our, our first resource. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many stories, especially now in the whole COVID world, where farmers had to throw away so much food because, I mean, stores weren't taking them. And I mean, they could donate only so much. And then like your, your produce that needed to be stored, um, like refrigerated or something like that, they were trying to donate them, but they wouldn't take them. Then they were trying to donate them to food pantries. But when you think of a food pantry, they might have one or two fridges and that's it. Like they can't store a whole bunch of produce. So a lot of it um, was going to landfills, but it's kind of okay because they were going to use it for their land, like use it as like a natural fertilizer, but still like a lot of that food's going to waste. And of course um, that was affecting farmers at the price of like fresh produce started to go up. But again, that's something that, doesn't happen that often like a huge pandemic like this but it does happen where we we are producing a lot of food but we're wasting a lot more than we should and i I, i'm still just trying to wrap my brain around um the fact that we waste like roughly a third of food like that's just crazy it's uh it's crazy especially in the in the in the world the world's population is growing especially when they're 26 million people in the U.S. that uh, that can't afford uh, food, that can't afford fresh food, and uh, and the food is there. It's just uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time at the wrong price, and, uh, and that's what we're trying to uh, to to do. And we're trying to solve that by making uh, grocery retailers a lot more profitable, as well as making consumers pay less for perfectly fresh food. And it sounds like it sounds like a, like a, like a, like a, uh, like those two things are at, at odds, but they're not because you as a consumer you are paying for the food that's being wasted because of inefficiencies in the in the food system. Uh, you are paying for the fact that uh, that uh, that food gets wasted on the farm, and no farmer is growing his cucumbers to then uh, to then. Uh, uh, Put them in a hole, you know. If you're, oh if yeah, you're, exactly. If you're spending all that time and and, and effort, uh, let and money and fuel and and blood, sweat and tears, you actually you want to sell it. Uh, but sometimes uh, refrigerating it is more expensive than uh, than actually the, uh, the the value of the of the food. So the, the pandemic was uh, was exceptional in that there was so much food wasted at the same time in so many different categories but you see overproduction in in certain foods when uh, when uh, when the weather is, uh, is is favorable you'll you'll see that uh, year in year out and, uh, and and we need to we need to be smart about that because you don't want uh, a peach farmer in uh, in georgia to be uh, to be overproducing just because uh, uh, the sun's been out a little bit more or it's been raining a little bit more than uh, than predicted Oh, yeah. I mean, it's such an exact science, but you still don't know how much you're going to produce. You've got to rely so much on the weather and that's going to impact how much you grow, how much you sell and stuff like that. I mean, 
it's just a, it's such a weird market. I mean, it's always fluctuating. It's always changing. You can never be sure what's going to happen. I mean, and especially with COVID, you never now you never know when something like that's going to happen again. So and COVID was totally out of the, the normal bandwidth, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the retailer, even within the normal bandwidth, uh, they they're like I said, they're they're throwing out eighteen point two billion dollars. Uh, that's what they're throwing out. It's and then they factored in donations, etc. Already, um, so we need to start preparing that food system and data with a good business model behind it is, is a good start. And, and we're sure that farmers will benefit from it. The growers will benefit from it uh, as will you as a consumer. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I always try to remember that, I mean, um, this system is imperfect, but as long as we're trying to improve it, um, I think it will be a lot better. Or, or, or as that person said, it's not a system, it's a farce. And as long as we're trying to make it into a system, I think we'll be all the better. And I mean, businesses like you guys at Wasteless, I think you guys are going to be the future because I, I see stuff like this happen, happening in every store to where, I mean, if something's two or three days from its expiration date, it's further up there. It's given to consumers at a little bit of a discount. I mean, and hopefully more and more consumers are taught, um, including me, because I like we waste a lot of food too. Um, just how to, you know, not waste food, how to pay attention to the expiration date. And really, I think how to store food properly whenever we get home too. I think that's another big one. And that's part of, that's part of the story. So we need to have a story that, uh, that you know, food is, is valuable, even though uh, you're, you're, you may be spending, uh, if you're, if you're, more affluent, you may be spending a, a very small part of your of your disposable income at food. A lot of effort has gone into the food, and the fact mm-hmm. that you that you can actually feed your children and feed them with healthy, fresh food is is a blessing. And you have to be very aware of that, and have to make sure that that other people can do that as well. And it re- requires uh, taking some responsibility for your fridge. Uh, it requires a store to take responsibility f- to for how they sell it, when they sell it, uh, uh, why they sell it. Uh, but we we can do it together, and we will do it together because um, just food ha- has to be tasty and has to be affordable, uh, and has to be uh, and has to be a force for good. And uh, that's what we're trying to uh, try to achieve, uh, Trevor. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what you're saying is key. Like everybody's got a responsibility to play in this. I mean, consumers, distributors, the stores, um, farmers, storage, all that good stuff. I mean, we all need to play a better hand in not re- or not in wasting nearly as much food as we do. Um, so if people want to learn more about Wasteless, they can go. Your website is just wasteless.com, right? We're wasteless.com. Uh, we have a lot of videos up on uh, on YouTube. Uh, we're on on LinkedIn. If people want to connect with us, I'm a very avid user of LinkedIn, uh, and uh, and we're really looking forward to uh, to both consumers, to uh, consumer organizations, but most importantly to to the to the retailers and their suppliers who think that uh, making additional twenty five percent margin uh, could be of interest. Hey, there you go. All right. Well, my last question, do you think you guys will be in a Publix anytime soon? I would love to go to Publix and see some stuff from from Wasteless there. That'd be awesome. 
We uh, we were actually in an incubator at Publix. So my hmm. uh, my, my CEO that uh, lived in Tampa for uh, for a couple of months to uh, to actually make it work. Uh, then uh, COVID hit, so uh, innovation in uh, in grocery retail uh, ground to a halt. But uh, we we would we would love to uh, to help you uh, in your uh, in your local Publix or actually across the chain. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a chain that's actually really well positioned uh, to be working with us for for all kinds of uh, operational reasons. So uh, it would be really great to uh, to service you and to receive you and make sure that you can buy a. Uh, wasteless optimized uh, product uh, soon enough yeah that would be awesome that would be lovely i love Publix. um all right well david this has been awesome chatting with you learning about wasteless i think what you guys are doing is amazing and i think it's definitely going to be the future of this whole food production um system that we can hopefully fix yeah um, can, can, can i make one more can i make one more remark maybe Turtle? oh yeah absolutely yeah go for yeah. it yeah so, so actually, preventing food waste uh, is a is a concerted effort. It uh, it requires working together with a lot of companies along the chain. Mm. So, um, actually, we're we're working together uh, with Appeal, for example, uh, trying to find a way of getting there uh, because they are working with uh, with growers and they're working with distributors, uh, which is a great starting point to enter data into the food system. Uh, both them and us uh, are working with retailers. So we're really looking into ways of preventing waste with technology, uh, making sure that, that food gets, uh, can be preserved longer, but when it's ending its, uh, the, its expiration date, that it also gets an incentive to, uh, to be sold. So we're very keen on working together with a lot of innovators that have technologies along the food system to uh, to offer uh, opportunities for uh, retailers uh, distributors uh, growers alike to uh, to improve up on the uh, upon the process oh i bet you know that's good to hear we actually had on appeal somebody from appeal her name was jess vieira um yes. she's the director yeah, of sustainability yeah, so there I'm, yeah cool so i'm, t- I'm talking to jessica uh, on a weekly basis, we're we're trying to pull off a couple of uh, of really cool things together. Oh well, look look at that small world. We'll tell her we said, "Hey, that's so cool." Uh, yeah, we had her on, I think, like five weeks ago or something like that. So it was very recently. Yeah. So uh, which is uh, which is really cool. Yeah. So it is a small world because even though the food system is 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 massive, the companies that actually do want to make an impact, uh, it's uh, it's a couple of dozen, and we're mm. very generous. We're trying to help each other. Trying to uh, to pitch ideas to others and uh, and really uh, help each other get into the food system because it needs repairing and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're we're very um, driven to uh, to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that this this market that you're talking about it's less um, competitive and more collaborative because everybody's trying to solve this big problem and kind of help reduce food waste because it's such a huge issue. It's it's competitive, of course, but we're not competing against each other. We're competing against a bigger challenge, mm, and also, mm-hmm. you know, given that the the, the cost of food waste uh, to the pal- to the planet, the the cost of food waste to the planet uh, exceeds uh, one trillion dollars. There's plenty of opportunity for a lot of companies to uh, to really uh, uh, exhibit a, a healthy business model. Oh, exactly, and I think I think kind of. Businesses' carbon impact has taken has gotten a lot more popular over the years, and I mean, 
because this whole food waste produces so much carbon emissions, I think that's also another reason why it's gaining popularity. I mean, people are more observant uh, observant of their carbon footprint. And so I think this is another, I mean, it, it just seems like a perfect storm, really. You save, um, you save food, you save a budget, and you save the planet. It uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, could, uh, could be a winning uh, combination. Oh, yeah, it's a win-win-win. <laughs> That's not bad. Well, David, this has been super fun chatting with you. We'll have to touch base with you guys soon um, and see how Wasteless and do- is doing and see what other stories you're in. But this was super fun chatting with you. Learned a lot about food waste and what you guys are doing. Um, so, yeah, I-, I know I will definitely be paying more attention to food labels or um, food expiration dates and all that stuff and trying to reduce how much food we waste. That's something I definitely got to get better at. Well, thanks, uh, uh, Trevor, so much. Uh, savor your food. Uh, and uh, really, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. I uh, really look forward to, uh, to sharing more news, uh, even when we have it. Great to be on the show. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Thank you. that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv